0: Obviously, with this being Banshees, I am going to be completely respectful in this episode. I'm going to get, no, no, I'm being serious. I'm going to get through the whole episode. No green tongue, no Irish jokes, no innuendo about history, nothing like that. I love this film. I respect it.
1: But I wanted to.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Movie Chef podcast with Tebs and Com. the podcast where we really make a meal out of our movies. Hello Korm, how are hey, you? Hey, hey,
1: hey, how hey hey, cavacorm. So you're
0: not using words this week.
1: No, nope, <laughs> just you, saying nope. Kavac- well, yeah. corm. I'm very Goes well. On the cover. <laughs> what what time did you start day drinking? Um, I can't really call it day drinking though. I started making dinner at quarter past 6. Uh, so quarter past 6. <laughs>
0: Carva, <laughs> so uh, the poor man's champagne.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah, and well, in that prosecco. Well, I kind of stole it from Rachel. It was kind a gift from one of her uh, clients, and uh, <laughs> I see it sitting in a bag. Fair game if it's at the door. You know, she hasn't touched it since Christmas. So I thought, you know what? Yeah, fair game. Fair game. My my bottle of cavanaugh that's I was to say, her her uh, clients, not animals. <laughs> Yeah, well, they do have owners, like all right, doll. <laughs> Thanks for the trim last week, a bottle of Carver. She, uh, all her clients are Beethoven dogs. <laughs> they just come with stuff around their necks. Um. Wow, what
0: a week! What, what a week. fucking week, man! What a week! I feel like there's loads that I've done. I've just fucked up day after day this week. <laughs> That's great. It started with me telling you I had a sex dream about you. Yep. And then it descended into giving EasyJet fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and um, has finished with me needing to buy a new car. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I messaged you. Well, <laughs> I was in work on Friday, wasn't I? And uh, I told you about a, a dream I had, a yeah. sex dream with you. And well, your...
1: <laughs> it's a not—it's a very non-sex dream, though. It's—it's very—it's very you. <laughs> I don't even know why we're talking about it now. Too. <laughs> basically
0: i text you and said um i'd had a dream about you and your missus mm-hmm. and rachel and me uh, we're in a hotel room <laughs> quality quality hotel room as well of not course like it a, is not like a premier Inn. it was like shit a stands on the wall no 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 no. it was like a, it sirens was out, sirens outside it was like hilton premier level you know double tree oh. by hilton quality oh, oh wow, wow. Oh, yeah.
1: 75 pound a night oh um, wow we, <laughs>
0: And we were all supposed to be getting ready to have a threesome. Like you do. And you decided you needed to go out for something.
1: So in my dream. It was and sausage, sausage is what, rolls. There was a Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Greg's there. I needed to get a sausage roll. <laughs> I can imagine you the, the, the way
0: this story is so me, that the story is so you. We're getting ready to have a threesome. Everybody here, yep. Oh, we're gonna need snacks.
1: Yeah. What are you going to do afterwards when there's no
0: meanies? (laughs) Um, And and I I just remember the the dream is you went out and me and Rachel were still there. (laughs) And I said to Rachel, well, we can't start without him. (laughs) We might as well watch a film. And she's like, yeah, go on then. Me and Rachel sat eating Maltesers watching a film in a hotel room, waiting for you to come back to start threesome.
1: You never turned up. And then I woke up. It was the most depressing sex dream I've ever had. I'm I'm quite happy that that's the way it happened. Uh, so, <laughs> Let's, I told uh, you that
0: I would not even cheat on you in my dreams. But I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. I would not even stick a finger in. That's how good I am, even in my dreams. Th- thanks. <laughs> don't tell Rachel I just said that.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't, and I won't. Don't don't worry.
0: <laughs> um, and then I decided to get quite drunk last weekend. Turned my phone off or my Twitter off at least. So I didn't drunk. I was getting stupidly drunk.
1: You were getting to the point of harassing celebrities on Twitter.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> I'm at that age where I go and harass my MP. I'm gonna tweet my local yeah. MP. <laughs> um and I decided to start booking the flights for my trip to Rome this year. Because I'm going to Rome. But hey. And I got I got through the booking and I'm like, okay, booking with EasyJet that's strange i've done loads of research on them and they've never shown up in these searches you know for those dates but wow found a bargain 200 pound cheaper than the other place as well, Fucking Amazing. This, must be well done. Yeah, this is brilliant this is brilliant i'm like 200 quid yep spot on. paid the money the email came through from EasyJet. you're going to amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> in my drunken hazy evening <laughs> i just typed amsterdam <laughs> instead of the place where I'm actually fucking going on. holiday.
1: That's what's called uh, an easyjet freudian order.
0: <laughs> so the very next morning I tickle sheepishly go online and it sort of says if you cancel within 24 hours you get your money back minus 50 quid and I'm like that is just for drunk people. That is just for drunk people I said. Oh, I'm going to book us two flights to wherever and then the next morning you're like oh no I can't believe it. I've just done that and then you just click cancel. So I just paid easyjet 50 quid. Yeah. Um, and then driving home from work the other day, um, the thing that I paid 400 quid to have fixed on my car that broke on Christmas Day from the last episode, it broke again.
1: And then I pushed my car home. <laughs> surely there must be something you could do. Can you not go fucking do some guy's knees in uh, at a garage somewhere at a quick fit fitters? I don't know. What for for not for breaking it in the first for not fixing it? Hi. Well, surely if you, you
0: fucking fix it, that should be fixed. The people I used described it as. They actually use the inverted commas fingers thing going, botch job. (laughs) Because apparently the part isn't made for my car anymore. They just don't make it. So they had to use a part from another car and kind of see what would happen. And it didn't work. So fuck it. I'm going to have a new car soon. So that's my week. How's you? Uh,
1: I'm relearning how to play chess. (laughs) Relearning? Isn't it like a bicycle? You can never forget. I haven't really played chess in years. And then I was doing some research on the uh, the chess master. Is it Hans Neiman who had the angel beads up his arse, and he's been taken for cheating? Um, oh, I know that story. I don't yeah. know his name. Yeah, I think it's Hans Neiman. I was just, I was just, I, I was being curious online, and then I seen something popped up on my phone going, "Oh, do you like chess? If you like ha- Hans Neiman's uh, anal beads, you'll love." the chess app so i was like oh okay so i went on uh, downloaded the chess app and sure enough there's no anal beads uh, but there's plenty of chess okay well at least you got one side of the, the coin uninstalled yeah. it straight away <laughs> no <laughs> anal beads
0: dear makers of app <laughs> i have nothing up my rectum <laughs> imagine if you were absolutely clueless to the concept of chess before hearing that story and then somebody says to you, this guy won a game of chess by sticking something up his ass. Imagine then somebody came to you and went like your granddad came to you and went, do you want to give a game chess? What the fuck? <laughs> not if you play it like that, I don't.
1: That's not how I learned it on the app.
0: <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> I'm playing chess. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm playing chess. <laughs> take, take the kids out to your sisters. <laughs> um, what's been happening in uh, the world? We've got some new well we'd have news. Is it news? Michael Bear killed a pigeon.
1: I Do you think know I could what? be sued for saying that? Do you know what? I was thinking about this, right? <laughs> like was it a talking pigeon? <laughs> like, did it did it have some special
0: plumage? You know, like was it Funk, the adverts of Funky like, Pigeon, the card all, company?
1: All I'm thinking is is, you know, unless that pigeon like could fucking walk, talk and smoke, you know, who really gives a fuck? <laughs> uh,
0: well, the Italian government give well, a fuck. P- they...
1: Peter or Peta, or whatever you want to call it.
0: Basically, Michael Bay was filming the abomination that is six underground in Rome. The, um, Rome and Italy especially have got strict rules on killing animals. Don't, don't do it.
1: Man, but it's a pigeon. Come on. Yeah, well, How, many, really how event... many pigeons get trampled at the Vatican every weekend? I would say several. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> I went. Oh, come on! Apparently, somebody
0: on MasterChef Italy was um, preparing a dish that involved pigeon meat, and uh, animal activists kicked off about it.
1: I, I Talking pigeon went to France, uh, and we stayed in some kind of fifties diner hotel when I was like seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. And we got dinner and they were very, very, very small chickens. And then I realised it was fucking pigeon. Was it not poisson? I, I don't fucking know. I was 17 now. I don't speak French. I do speak French, motherfucker. So welcome back to the Movie Chef podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pigeons don't cunt.
0: <laughs> Imagine you go to a Movie Chef restaurant. Come on in. We've got some movies going. We're going to have some food. What's that? Chicken. What's the other bird? Oh.
1: Small
0: chicken. <laughs> That's a small chicken. Well, we're going to have to have a discussion later on about what constitutes a donkey and a pony. Uh, This is our episode um, discussing Banshees of Inishirian, by the way. If you haven't seen it, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, So Michael Bay, uh, I must say, um, according to his lawyer, that um, Michael Bay himself is not accused of this, but it is the production in general. Uh, Apparently, a a pigeon was stuck under a dolly while the camera director was shooting in Rome in 2018. Um, His attorney, Michael Bay's attorney, Matthew Rosengart, has called the reports from the rap false, reckless, and defamatory. I can't so, pre- you can't pronounce that in an English accent. You've got to
1: do American, are not you? defamatory. So Alec, Alec Baldwin can shoot somebody on set and not yeah, happens. Yeah, he's back, he's back on set. He's, he's, back, on ba- set. he's back on set. He, that movie will get released. You know, it'll probably make fucking $40 million to $50 million. Dollars, but Michael Bay has been held accountable for a pigeon that got run over by a fucking camera.
0: Yeah, and he's saying uh, he refuses to settle because he do not want to admit guilt of killing an innocent animal. I wouldn't he says, that either. It's and a fucking the strongly, pigeon. Fuck him. Well, the the strongly denying it and even the rap has since edited its article to say it's not entirely clear whether a pigeon perished or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So the rap... If there's won. anything, if there's anything that shows what society is nowadays, nowadays, it's that article. Michael Bay kills pigeon. Well, he might not have killed the pigeon, <laughs> but there was definitely a pigeon on set. <laughs> there
0: was a pigeon who was discomforted. You know what? I I just hope it's like somebody who's seen Six Underground and gone, "We're going to fuck him doing for something for that trans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was awful, man. Awful. Was it? Was Was that the one where there was a, a young lady shot in the stomach in the back seat? And she was. Someone was trying to fix her, and she actually says, "Oh, you're squirting." When the blood pipe popped out, I'm sure mm. it's that film. It was horrendous. We'll come on to questionable, uh, questionable events in cinema <laughs> in yeah. a little while because <laughs> you want to talk about uh, Jedi's keeping slaves, um, not keeping slaves,
1: just being very, very, very chill with slaves. Well,
0: come on, then. Yes, yeah, so you you picked me up on Twitter on this one. So you watched Phantom Menace* this week?
1: Well. Yeah, I've been rematching a couple of old movies and something came to light during Phantom Menace. It was, do you know what, it was actually when I was watching *Frog Town* as well. And, and it was one of those ones where, so watching Phantom Menace, the Jedis are very, very super cool with the idea of people having slaves. And, you know, so... Qui-Gon needs to get his whatever. I'll call it a disruptor for his for his ship. I don't give a, I don't know what it is. So he goes to Watto and Watto has it. He can't buy it. Um, so then he has to try and win it in a pod race. And then the slave boy helps him, you know, win it in the pod race. So Qui-Gon has went behind the, the slave boy's back and won his freedom. Now, he hasn't won his mother's freedom. He's won just Anakin's freedom, mm-hmm. so it led me to think Qui Gon's pretty cool with slaves because if he was like a Jedi kind of you know freedom fighter, he would have just taken the slaves. But he did say
0: uh, when Anakin said to him, "Can you free my mother as well?" And he said something along the lines of, "Where Jedi's, uh, I'm not. An, we're not an army." Or something like that. They pass themselves off. I'm agreeing
1: with you. What do you mean they're He's not an army? I've just watched, something the, I like, watched. I watched them fight. I watched them fight a whole pile of shit. What? He can't beat water up. But the rest of them, and it's
0: who? political. The rest man. of who? It's
1: political. political. What do you mean political? What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Jedi start killing. Fucking not killing like just, businessmen.
1: Just think. Take, of, take think of it back in
0: those days. Think of it back. It was a long time ago.
1: Back in those days,
0: that's the future, man. No, it's a, it's a long time ago, and a that so far, far away, it's a yeah. fucking long time ago. It's all, It says it right. Time is, time is linear. Time is
1: linear. Time's linear, but, Paul.
0: But I, I agree with it that they're fairly cool with it. But hey, is it not the argument now with slavery back then? Do, to, you know, I know Thomas Jefferson fucking raped all the slaves, but George Washington, uh, Thomas Jefferson raped, and George Washington owned slaves. And they no. said the only reason, but, but,
1: but, but back then it was just like, yeah, okay. But you're saying, you're saying, and, and then, in, you're saying back then, you're saying back then is as yeah. if Phantom Menace is equal to 1850 in America. But what I'm saying is they are living in a society,
0: society where slavery is legal and has been for a long time. The, you, you, you've got to compare it. If, but that doesn't they can't mitigate it. I'm thinking like somebody in 2023, you know, oh, so you're saying because all the Jedi weren't going, I shouldn't have slaves, then they condoned it.
1: It was, yeah, <laughs> and then, and then, and then the only way he takes a slave because he doesn't want to take the slave owner's slave is to win a bet with him. Yeah, yeah, Can I bring something to your attention. Please do. You've not mentioned the droids
0: yet, all those droid slaves. Do not care. No, about they're them. different. So they're the pigeons. Why?
1: Why are they different? Fuck Why them. are they different? <laughs> Fuck them! Fuck them! But those those droids feel pain. They're not, they're not sentient beings. Paul. They feel. They feel pain. We've seen the them slave tortured. boy made
0: one of them. So what we have seen those droids throughout the canon of Star Wars numerous times be tortured and scream in pain. Yeah, they should. They're all held as slaves. Free they all should. them. Why
1: are the Jedi freeing them? They have no souls, Paul. They have no souls. Sounds to me like you're picking and choosing your argument. They have no soul. What do you mean? That's like you. That, saying... That's like me going. You know. Oh well. What about the toasters? What about the toasters that are thrown on the scrap heap nowadays? Yeah. It's civil rights and all that. But what about, me, the to- what about the toasters? You're like you're of... like an American. You're like fucking Ben Shapiro. You're like excuse Ben me. Shapiro. Excuse me. Excuse
0: me. A lot of my friends are toasters. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay, this has got to sink in then. So, this was like, what other performances
1: can you think of
0: uh, from time from time gone past which just wouldn't happen now?
1: Paul, do you know this is so open, many. This has so opened up a can of worms for me, right? And and I'll genuinely we'll talk, <laughs> can we'll I talk just about say a that, few. Can you know, I say the
0: first one and get rid of it? Okay, Disney. Ah, oh, big stuff. Just Disney. <laughs> Everything yeah. Disney.
1: Yeah, but. This deserves an episode in itself, right? Where I think me and you should go through history and we should pick things that is it racist or, or is it not racist?
0: <laughs> <laughs> or is it pedophilia or is it not pedophilia? Uh, yeah. Oh, big style. And that was one exhibit, that you brought. Yeah, you, you brought exhibit, to me. Exhibit A, Indiana. Hello, Marion. Marianne, Indiana Jones I always knew someday you'd come walking back into my life I never doubted that, something made it inevitable Indiana I need to of something for your father Slaps him across the jaw I learned to hate you in the last 10 years Marianne was 25 at the time mm-hmm. I never meant to hurt you I was a child, I was in love I was wrong and you knew it You knew what you were doing
1: <laughs> That's really what a fucking pedo oh, says isn't so it? You, knew, you knew what you were
0: doing It's like, imagine those lines. Imagine taking any line out of the Robin Thicke song blurred line and mixing it with, you knew what you were (laughs) doing. You knew what you were doing. Fisher Stevens.
1: Fisher Stevens in Short Circuit. Well, I'm going to admit this. Fisher Stevens done such a good job (laughs) at being Indian. I thought Fisher Stevens was Indian for a long time. What was the TV show with the newspaper? Oh, uh,
0: Early Edition. Early Edition, daily, daily, something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, he was in that one, and yeah. I think that was the moment when I'm like, it looks familiar. And then Hackers came out. I'm like, oh yeah, it's that guy from Early Edition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was years, like you say, until I realized I'm like, that was a dude in Brownface.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh. And oh, then, obviously, 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 I would think that the most notable one. Would probably be Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, because it is so the features are so accentuated, and like he plays a, a you know an Asian man with buck teeth, and you know his eyes are are basically pulled to the back of his head. You know that is extremely racist. But something I never knew right was Brando. Played a Japanese interpreter uh, in the Tea House of August Moon. And I sent you a picture of what Brando looked like in this movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I showed it to my mate who was really good with faces and names. He's, he can name actors like that. I'm useless with actors' names. Didn't get it. It's, Didn't get it. It's bad, though. Oh. It, it looks like... <laughs> it looks like Elvis is on crack and constipated it at does. the same time. It looks like a bee has stung Elvis's face. Yes, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the eyes,
1: yeah. Do you, remember, uh, do you remember Revenge of the Nerds? Paul, I'll admit to you, <laughs> I've recently rewatched three <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds movies. <laughs> so, the, the first movie, I've never watched them, so you'll
0: have to uh, explain. Nerds, story, but... yeah. So, um, the main character, Lewis, mm-hmm. coerces the girlfriend of a bully into sex under the guise of him being disguised as her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So he pretends to be this young lady's boyfriend Uh And rapes her Yes Does he get arrested for this?
1: Paul, in 1985, rape wasn't rape It was (laughs) a different time It was comedy putting it in Yeah, Um, there's a lot of stuff that I think about now from those kind of body comedies from the 80s. You know, you, you think about your Porkies and obviously your Revenge of the Nerds and stuff like that there. And again, I'll mention it, um, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Um, it's great. It? The, it, it's good. It could have been better um, with less of the, the rape. Um,
0: I only clicked for the second time of watching it that he was actually arrested for rape
1: yep and that's how they caught him and that's how they found his dna and she only she only changed her mind on on whether it was rape or not after she realized that she was pregnant and she was happy about it
0: yeah okay we'll talk about that next week on the wrestling edition but like i say, this week is banshees of inner um Mm a couple of bits we're going to talk about first one thing ah finally just one very quick thing it's been reported in the news that uh, Professor Susan Jebb of the Food Standards Agency, chairwoman of the Food Standards Agency, has said workers should think twice about bringing unhealthy treats into the workplace, which might tempt colleagues. She told the Times, we all like to think we're rational, intelligent, educated people who make informed choices the whole time and we undervalue the impact of the environment. Basically, what she's saying is bringing people who bring cakes in is the equivalent of passive smoking. By putting treats under people's face, forcing them to eat them, it's comparing it to fucking smoking. And I'm like, fuck off. You know, if somebody brought something into my office that I don't want to eat, I won't fucking eat it. And yeah. all the quotes on here from people I'm reading online is saying, I wouldn't normally eat them, but it's because people bring them into the office and tempt you. Do you me. know what? Paul? Fuck off. Do you know what,
1: Paul? Fuck people. <laughs> fuck yeah. them. Fuck I'm them all. Fuck well, them all. If you are Jesus. fucking that stupid that you think that the equivalent of going out and somebody, somebody basically like ramming a cigarette into your mouth to smoke it and someone fucking bringing in a birthday cake. If you think they are, they equate and they're on the same lines, go fuck yourself. Like genuinely yeah. go, go open a window and jump out the window. You fucking arsehole. And if you're on the ground floor, go up a couple of flights and then definitely, jump out the window. Or yeah. just, tum- just tumble down the stairs. Yeah, walk up some stairs and throw
0: yourself down the stairs. Got that escalated quickly, didn't it? Really Don't use a- the escalator.
1: Don't use the escalator, that's <laughs> Or unless you pry open the doors of the escalator to jump into the chasm.
0: You're thinking of an elevator,
1: come Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Generous camera. laughs>
0: Bottle of What? <Gabapol. laughs> James Cameron says we should all get off our sofas and go to the cinema again to see Avatar <laughs> No!
1: 2. Do you know the reason oh, why I'm not going to go see Avatar 2 in the cinema, James? Because of you. Because of you. And I'm pointing at the camera now because of you, James Cameron. <laughs>
0: His news report is covered by billionaire James Cameron <laughs> and has directed the $2.1 billion film Avatar 2. <laughs> even... What is it? What is it to go to the cinema? A $1,000? <laughs> <laughs> I'd go twice in a week. He also added, they're even going back to theatres in China while they're having a, this big COVID surge. What, in China? Oh, yep. What, that they're having a COVID search?
1: I don't know. I was just trying to be cap- good
0: <laughs> facetious. China? James. James now has three films in the top 10 highest grossing films of all time. Yeah, and the fucking crap. Aye, because he fucking threatens people. Yeah, go to the cinema. Go see it. Go see yeah. it. You're going to miss Aye. something.
1: Why are you such a wanker? Go see it, cunt. Oh, all right. <laughs> like, James Cameron's at my door the other week. Go to, like, shouting through the letterbox. Go see Avatar too, you cunt. So James Cameron
0: was uh, obviously there being spoken to with regards to. uh, He's basically saying move things away from streaming and get them back in cinemas. But what I will say is, right, there is some benefit of streaming. There's a lot of benefit. One of them is Banshee's of Inisherin. How many people? I'm well, there are a lot of people I'm speaking to at work who would never have watched that film if it weren't on Disney Plus. Oh, it's, Paul, it, you it, don't it, have to go to the video shop and rent it You don't have to pay for any extra for it It's there as part of your package Why not give it a watch And it is opening up an audience to so many more people
1: Yeah streaming, well, I, streaming is I think I, do, you know, do you know what the, the good thing about streaming does as well I was talking to a guy in work And we were talking about Banshees of Inishieren. And I said listen you got to watch Banshees of Inishieren. It's fucking brilliant it's like, I've never heard her. You know who's in it? And I was like, Oh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Like, oh right, okay, all right. And I was like, Well, you know, like they were in a movie called In Bruges as well. And he's like, What's In Bruges? I was like, Oh my god. I What do you mean? And he's like, What's what's In Bruges? And I was like, You've never seen In Bruges? He's like, No. And I was like, Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, go. I was go back and watch In Bruges first. You know, In Bruges is anywhere. Hold on, two seconds. And I was like, Go back and watch In And he's like, Oh, fuck. Right, okay. And he was like, um, who, who did it? Who made the movie? And I was like, oh, Mark McDonough, like he's an Irish guy, uh, you know, parents Irish, he's from England, blah, 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 brought up in Ireland, yada, yada. And he was like, never heard of him. And I was like, well, three billboards outside Evan, Missouri. What? And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And three billboards outside Evan, Missouri, you know, Oscar winning, you know, Sam Rockwell, Francis McDormand, you know, but nah, I've never heard of it. And I was like, fuck's sake. No." That, that strikes me as so insulting that somebody hasn't seen, at least in Bruges. But yeah. the yeah. fact that Banshee's is now on Disney Plus is a massive plus. Mm. Unbelievable. And it's I just think it gives so many
0: more people ones who would never normally watch a film like that and just want to binge watch something they want to watch another film they want to see something and you know it's something you wouldn't normally have really thought of you know do i stick on this little irish film with colin farrell and brendan Glees? Oh, Well, okay might as well and it's opening up such a massive audience and i think i think that's fantastic so james cameron fuck off you go and show your little smurf film and leave us alone right so we're going to talk about Banshee's of Inisherin. And if you haven't seen it yet, please go watch it. We're going to talk spoilers right from the beginning. There are spoilers in this. And when I first mentioned it to you, I was like, it's a film about a guy who wakes up one day and decides he doesn't like his friend anymore. And the simplicity of it was beautiful. Yeah. And how can there be so many spoilers in a film? But And then I think this came out around the same time as Morbius, was it, or something like that? And you're looking at these two films being advertised, and you're like, how could... Oh, you've ugh. Anyway, you've never actually, I mean, I I think I gather how you feel, but you've never told me a hundred percent what you think about this film. So go for it.
1: Um, I went to see it in the cinema and I was the only person in the cinema and it made me very emotional in the cinema because now this is going to, this is going to sound strange, but me and you are two people who have never been shy of our emotions, ever. You know, since we've met each other, we've, we were very, we're, Thank
0: you. Yeah, we were very...
1: Yeah, we were very, very open. You. We've always been open about our oh, emotions. Yeah. And yeah. I think this movie kind of opens up a lot of wounds for men when it comes to toxic masculinity, where two people who love each other as friends one day and then the next day one of them just decides no i don't want to be your friend and then the other person is just so lost and can't you know function basically um simply because simply because you know their friend doesn't like them anymore Mm. you know you think about it you know in a world where people have multiple friends and people have multiple close friends and tens of, you know, fuck Barbara and fuck these people and fuck this person. It resonated with me because I am quite an introverted person who has very few friends. And. It hit with me because I thought to myself, fuck, you know what? I know why I don't crave friendship, but I thought to myself, what would I do if one of my four friends just decided one day to, you oh, know, I'm not going to talk to you anymore.
0: Yeah. I've thought about that. I've thought, what if you just text me out of the blue and went, I don't want to do this anymore. Just let's just leave it. And then I, and then you just never reply back to my messages. Yeah. You'd be like, well, what have I done? What have I done? Conflict in you. What have I done? And um, Colin Farrell's described this. So basically, it's Padraig Sullivan and Colm Doakate. Colm is played by Brendan Gleeson. Amazingly, uh, they're on this little island of Inishirin, uh, just off the coast of Ireland in 1920s. It's about April 1923, something like that. Mm-hmm. Is, that is that right? Uh, and it is this little farming community. It's probably there's probably no more than hundred people on the whole island. Um, everybody knows each other. And one day, he goes for his normal pint with Colm colin don't want to meet him he do not don't want to be friends anymore and there's no explanation now i've got i've got a million and one this is actually this should be called banshee's of inner Sherry glass onion because this has got <laughs> fucking layers to it this has got layers to it the other not the other shite um colin farrell colin farrell's described it as his uh, padrig's loss of his joy he oh, gradually over the film he loses being nice, he loses his joy. He loses the mm-hmm. happiness in his life, and I can see that. I think I've got a lot of other suggestions of where it's going. I get your idea of the toxic. I want to say it's toxic, but it is that kind of it is masculinity of. It's like they can't talk to each other. They can't open yeah. up. The only time Colm can mention about his depression is in confessional, and even then, he asks, "How's the despair?" And it is there's no there's no way anybody can grow, develop, heal mentally in this area, in this society, in this community.
1: No. And I think, I think, you know, Colin Farrell is getting a lot of praise for his performance in it, but the subtleties of Brendan Gleeson's performance, you know, how all he wants to do is, is play his fiddle and all he wants to do now is, is concentrate on his work. You know, he, con- he constantly talks about, you know, Mozart, you know, throughout the whole thing, you know, people remember Mozart he wants to be remembered. He wants to be remembered on the Island. And it kind of, it opened up so many wounds for me because, <clears throat> because you're sitting there thinking it's such a small town mentality where he, he, he's thinking Mozart, but he never leaves the Island
0: see i i see i've got one on this you look at colm's house okay compare that to Padrig and Siobhan's house mm-hmm. they they've got a little farm little small holding there's a fire and a chair and a and a table and and there's there's not much all she she says all she owns is some books when she were, when she was packing the stuff you compare that to colm's house it's got masks it's got items on the wall there's a lot yeah, of puppets record record player but what it says to me is this guy is somebody probably in the arts, maybe an actor, maybe. And I think he's traveled around the world. I think he's been traveling. He's done all that. And for the last maybe five or six years, maybe even 10 years, he's been on Inner Shearing. He's got stuck there. He's lost his art. He's lost his love. He's lost all this. And he's just ended up chatting with some guy about his pony. Yeah. And and, and this is the point where he's gone. I've had all this in the past. I've had my fiddle. I've had my, my travels. I've had my masks and all this stuff that he's brought back with him and I've lost it. And all I'm doing is sat chatting to the same guy over and over again. So I get that. It's kind of almost like a midlife crisis for him.
1: I don't know, but it just opens up so many questions for me as you know, about what, what actual friendship is as well. You know, can, can you just turn your back on someone? Can you just turn your back on someone that you have known for you know five years, whatever, like it's, it's, I, I, the, watching this movie, and it's not as if it's a slow burner because it's no. within it's within the first with the first three minutes of the movie you realize that you know there is there is conflict between Patrick and Column and it's all coming one way it's not coming from Patrick at all it's coming from Colm.
0: and this is two hours this is
1: a neat one
0: hour fifty four right? films like this. I think can be very guilty sometimes of mm-hmm. power of the dog. For example, it, it overindulged itself when it when it could have shown a twenty second landscape, it shows one for a minute and a half. Yeah, and suddenly you taught hour and a half out two hour film is two and a half hours of bloat and you think, well, fucking hell, just you know, get well, it over and done with. It
1: basically it basically makes the island a character as well, you know, in the background oh, yeah. because yeah. It, it it yes, there's a few like vista shots and stuff like out there, but most of them shots are. Within conversations that characters are having with each other, you know, there's there's great there's great pieces where, once Parik finds out that you know Calm doesn't want to talk to him anymore, when he's walking his his ponies and his animals, you know, past Calm's house, and that that kind of shot of those cobbled roads and and you know just you could see the coast, and it's it's absolutely beautiful. Like and the island is is a character in itself, but. <clears throat> You know, I, I, it, it's just, it is. I, I know people have put it down as a comedy or a tragic comedy or, or, or whatever they want to do it, but I, I, I do not see a lot of comedy within the movie. I, I laugh at the
0: conversations in the same way. And I've, I've I'm going to compare McDonough now to um, Tarantino. Um, and I've forgotten the other person I was going to say, but anyway, Tarantino. But that's, and, uh, yeah, well, I, get that, that I get it. Is, I get it. I, conversa- I get that comparison. Oh, Guy Ritchie, mm-hmm. His com- the, the script he writes, the, the dialogue is exactly how you'd want the conversation to go if you were planning ahead. Mm-hmm. It sounds natural, but you know, if you're having a row with somebody and then you walk away and then you think, oh, I should have said that, that would have been cool. Everybody's got the best response to mm-hmm. make it funny and quick-witted and quirky and, and sharp. So I love it because it is very natural. But the humour comes from those people's reactions and the conversations. And I think it's almost soap opera humour. Yeah. Where you're laughing at them just living their lives.
1: I I love that you made that Quentin Tarantino reference because it reminds me of a very slow Quentin Tarantino movie. And, yeah. and uh, you know, how the characters interact with each other, you know, how the storyline develops, you know, I, re- I re-watched Pulp Fiction again last week. And yes, they're not, they're not identical movies, but, you know, some of the performances you can pick up, Bruce Willis's performance in Pulp Fiction, uh, you know, you can see a bit of calm in that kind of performance. Like, that's very good. Mm. That's a very good analogy. Quentin Tarcino, Colin Fowles. When,
0: Colin Farrell's getting the plaudits for his role because I absolutely is fantastic. A
1: hundred percent, yeah, yeah.
0: And is yeah. is gone with the old adage: "Don't go full retard." Is a bit dumb, <laughs> but he he's that, full retard. no, he's just a moron. <laughs> he's a moron. He's a moron. Which leads me to think: Did he miss all the clues for the last six months? Was calm. Know, yeah. Have we have we just landed on the day when Calm snapped and said, "Yeah, I yeah, I can't be asked with this anymore." So you know when he says a couple of times he'll come for a pint with him, and then he's a bit late, and then one day he says, "I'll see you tomorrow," and he done keeps trying to drop hints to just go and do your own thing, and and eventually one day he just stops getting the hints. Have we dropped in at the point where Calm's at the end of his tether, or has he literally just woke up one day and said, "I, I don't want any more of you"? You see,
1: I I think I think Parek is a bit of a moron but i think he's a bit of a moron in the sense of he's living on a fucking island in 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 ireland in 1920s he's a moron you know morons nowadays have facebook you know and they can at least do a lot of their anti-vaxxing shit parrick would probably be an anti-vaxxer you know know, right right now like he'd be on he'd be on facebook but you know the performances
0: yeah, Kerry yeah. Condon as Siobhan. I, I I'm just screaming that she should get an Oscar right, nomination. I'd right,
1: stand and I'd stand. Barry Keoghan as Dominic as well. Barry bar Keoghan. I I genuinely, genuinely, I nearly was in tears at mm. at mm. The, the the lake. The lake <clears throat> scene. At, yeah, at yeah. The lake scene. You know, you know. Once you obviously find out that well, earlier on in the movie we find it that his his father is is molesting him. And that scene where he asks Kerry Condon to marry him or, you know, just to be his girlfriend or whatever. Just, Could you even love him? It was fucking heartbreaking. And, and, you, and do you know what? She was utterly splendid in her reaction yes. to it as well. Uh, you know, You know, trying to not break him. Earlier in the film,
0: she was very harsh with him. Yeah. When he was staying for the night and she didn't want him there. She was quite sharp. And, and she was quite sharp to his face. I yeah. don't fucking want to hear. But at the moment when he's most vulnerable like that, she'd let him down very gently. But we'll, I've got more to say on that one. It's, so basically, we, we've got this deterioration of the friendship. Colm's putting more and more distance between him and Padraig. Padraig's got no clue whatsoever. There's various instances with police and, and and the people around the island. And it gets to the point where um, Colm basically says, if you keep bothering me, I'm going to ch- chop one of my own fingers off. The, the hand I play the fiddle with, I'm going to chop a finger off. Mm-hmm. So you'll believe how serious I am. And he doesn't listen again, and he does it. And that moment where you hear the thud of the finger against the door—that mm-hmm. for me is where the film just takes a turn. That 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 to me says there's we're not dealing with the same half an hour, the forty-five minutes that we've just had. This is this is going down a step now, and and you- I loved it. Did I you
1: think know. did you think as well that I don't know why it popped into my head? I was like, Brendan Gleason's probably got some big fucking fingers. Yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised a <laughs> fucking donkey <laughs> show somewhere. Like a fucking brick, like fucking hit the must, door. Like Did you see the size of those cheers?
0: Oh I oh I oh, oh, oh. But the, the thing I've got, and you can probably, you, you will know more of the history than I do, so forgive me if I, I... I said to you right at the start of this, I'm not doing the Irish voices. I'm not doing taking the piss out of the history. I'm not. I'm not doing the whole English thing. I love this film. I love it as an example of Irish cinema, of what Ireland was in the past. You know I love the country. I love the people. I love everything about it. Um, And I saw in this that what was happening on the island was reflecting the civil war on the mainland they keep yeah. referencing it so you've got two parties who yesterday were best friends mm-hmm. and today are mortal enemies you've got them no idea why they don't want to be friends anymore you've, they've no idea why they're fighting <laughs> well one does now, yeah, just one second just, one second just one second just one second everyday people don't understand why there is this conflict yeah, why okay. can't you just get along why can't you just get along? Why do you have to fight? Everyone around them saying what I don't. Nobody can understand what's happening. They're just going mm. with it, and the resort to extreme violence against each other that will obviously, from how the ending was, it's never going to end. And you've constantly got this almost tepid truce where you kind of got this understanding with each other that you'll live, but all of a sudden you could think that one guy could throw a finger at you and it'll all just come tumbling down. And and I just love that comparison between. So uh, in terms of the civil war and on the island. Paul, you've solved it. Well, I've solved
1: Irish That's it. Irish troubles. You've you've solved the troubles. <laughs> oh, I want to use that word. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. You've solved the troubles, Paul. The troubles so, Did you get
0: the Banshee when you first watched it? No. Right. So the old woman's the Banshee.
1: Yeah, yeah. I never I, I didn't get it at all. Like, but I thought I thought the old I thought that kind of I grew up in a time in the eighties. Right. Where in Ireland, obviously, um, where my granny lived about six mile outside of Oma, where we live, where my mum lives now. Like, right. But you have to understand that how remote that this place was like. It was literally just fields. Now, there's new developments and farms and all that jazz that are there now. But when I was growing up, when I went to see my granny, and my granny needed water. I had to walk to a well, right? When my granny wanted to go see her her friend, Bridie, uh, we had to walk a mile and a half into Bridie's house. Bridie didn't have electric. She had candles. Um, Bridie didn't have, you know, an inside toilet. You know, it just... Yeah, when I whenever I watch this, mutant, this movie, it always just reminds me of, and it's not that far away. It's like it's the fucking eighties for Christ's sake, you know. Mm. The, this is you know, and you think how isolated people were, you know, in the eighties, and then think about how isolated people are in the fucking twenties on an island off the west coast of Ireland, and it just every time I watch something by Mark McDonough, Cavalry get, or, well, I know it's. Michael McDonough that done Calvary, but any time that I watch something by one of the McDonough's, they they hit on something that just pulls at me in a different way. Yes, the friendship angle pulled at me, but it's also the isolation that's on those islands and the isolation that was on the island of Ireland in the 80s, you know, was, was huge.
0: The The Banshee for me. So Banshee basically haggard old woman who stands on the cliffs screaming mm-hmm. and sends people to their death it's about mm-hmm. it, not it so earlier on we got a mention during the the conversation in the post office with the policeman and saying how they'd found a young boy in the lake seemingly just walked into the lake um and i missed that to start with when mm-hmm. when she was getting the news please say the the, the way she was saying, have you got any news? I'm not allowed to do the accent
1: tonight. <laughs> I'm not doing it either. <laughs> oh,
0: dance for my puppet. So she was asking if she had any news. Um, and he mentioned about the boy in the lake that they found. Now, when the, um, Padraig and Colm are in their sort of final heart-to-heart where Colm, uh, Padraig sort of confronts him after he finishes his song, mm-hmm. he, he asks why he called it the Banshees. And he says, that, I suppose, and Colm tells him the story of the Banshees and says, maybe they don't scream anymore. Maybe they just sit back in amusement and watch. Now, the two times, and she also mentions to, uh, very early on to Padraig as well, that there'll be a death to come before the end, maybe even two. Mm-hmm. Now, we assume that could be Colin and Padraig. So the only two times we've seen the Banshee standing, watching, calling somebody, both times with Siobhan, once was when she was on the boat and she was looking up, and she saw the the, the old woman mm-hmm. further down the cliffs to Pad to Padraig on the on the cliff. The other time was at the lake with Dominic, mm-hmm. and the, the old woman was across the lake, not screaming, just stood watching. Both of those times preceded a death. Now, sorry, I've been I've been thinking deep into this. So she, this banshee, is basically sat back watching, and at the moment after Jenny's death. He walks past the old woman. I can't remember the name, Mrs. So-and-so. Walks past the old woman. He doesn't even tell McCormick. her what's happened. Mrs. McCormick. Mrs. McCormick. How can I forget that? So he walks past her and, he, and she says, uh, don't be killing his dog now and smiles. Now, to me, it's like she's amused. She's mm-hmm. amused by all this death. Is she causing it? And killing the donkey and killing Dominic in the lake? Did the donkey just choke on the fingers? Did Dominic kill himself? Because she rejected him. Did he just, was it an accident or both accidents? I just love the, the, the layer behind it of, was she causing the deaths? Was she just (laughs) stood watching them all destroy themselves,
1: amused? You you have to understand, you have to understand how afraid people, Irish people were of banshees in the the eighties and the (laughs) nineties. Like there were so many ghost tales there around then that people were terrified of them, but I, I, I believe I believe that there was some kind of siren song to to lead Dominic to the lake, and you know uh, after the uh, him him and Siobhan's conversation at the lake, when he realised that that's where you know he'll always be and he'll always stay. I think that's why he he, he put himself in the in the lake. What you think? He, you think he sort of killed himself rather? Than... I think he did. I think he did. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. I'm going to say this. sad. And that was a uh, big is, kick in the it's, neck as well. They didn't have it's, to it's,
1: focus on it either. I know it's awful sad. It's awful sad. But I'm going to say this to you, right? Right. So mm-hmm. there's a guy, there's a guy in this movie. I don't know if you know who he is, but you know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so he played John Joe, uh, the barman. Yeah. So his name's Pat Short. Okay. Okay. Why so, do I know that name? So Pat Short played a very, very, very famous character in a very, very, very famous TV show in Ireland. Father Ted. 100%. Was he... um...
0: No, too old, too young. I was going to say, was he the milkman? No. Okay, was he the priest? Was he, he, the wasn't, priest, a priest. he, was he wasn't a
1: priest? He wasn't on, a priest. He wasn't a priest. He was a regular he? on the island. He was the right. only regular on the island that ever popped it up. It wasn't it wasn't I shot Jr. Tom. He was Tom <laughs> I shot Jr. Okay though. Oh, there you go. Um that's her Eddie. <laughs> I hope our friends in New York and our friends all over the world have seen Father yeah. Ted. Uh, <laughs> and for,
0: for people in Well the, the boys in Austria will But if you're in uh, New York right now If you're in Germany We've got listeners in Germany Tanzania Go and look for all four the, the UK streaming app You'll be able to VPN it And watch Father Ted You're missing out on something So what Right This is the final question I have for you on this film Because it, mm-hmm. it's just stunning It's beautiful If you were going to chop your finger off To keep me away from you I, I'd start with a pinky The two wee fingers Of course you would Yeah will. Yeah Yeah. He
1: he didn't need them For fiddling No So to speak (laughs) But that wasn't the point That wasn't the point The point was The point was To take a finger That you know That meant something
0: So he wasn't Copping out of it basically
1: No he was He he was He he cut off his fingers Paul (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't copping out of anything Like And And With the weight that those fingers Hit the door You know it oh, felt yeah. like it felt like it was all thumbs. <laughs> 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 like Brendan Gleason has ten thumbs. Oh, they're like they're like sausages. hundred like sausage... oh, percent. Like they are they are George Best cookstown sausages.
0: The 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 final thing from me is that the confessionals with him, with Colm, I think they give a really good chance to actually sit and what have him communicate with somebody. 'cause Padrick's got Siobhan all the way through it. Mm-hmm. But when Colm sat there and he says to him about the donkey dying, and he feels really bad about it, you genuinely believe it. He doesn't want to cause Padraig any harm. That's, that's the crazy thing about this. He doesn't hate him. He just dislikes him. Yeah. He doesn't want it to cause him pain. When the copper punched him, you know, in, the, in front of the yard, in front of the post office, the copper mm-hmm. laid him out, didn't he? And he says, that's, I'll come by for that pint you owe me. Mm-hmm. And he's almost saying to Colm, was the policeman, you can't punch him. So I will, I did it for you. You didn't yeah. ask me to, but I've done it for you. That's why he feels so guilty to help him up and take him home because he wanted to punch him, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Even cutting off your own finger, he don't want to cut off Padrick's finger to tell him to stay away. He'll do it to himself. Yeah, He still loves him. He just doesn't like him. Yeah. He thinks he's holding him back. And that conversation with the priest where he says to him, do you think God cares about a miniature donkey? And he says something along the lines of, I fucking hope so, because... Then we might as well all give up, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely right, isn't it? Do you think God cares about a donkey? Well, I fucking hope he does. He well, fuck cares about everything. What, chan- what chance have we got? Yeah, <laughs> has to win. Has
1: to win. You- I just, I just think it's, it's uh, Martin McDonough and and John Michael McDonough make some very, very, very good movies. And I would I would I would open it up as well, because obviously his brother, uh, Martin McDonough's brother, John Michael McDonough, has made the guard. Uh, Don Cheadle uh, loves to talk to me about and cavalry, you know, with uh, again with Brendan Gleeson and. Um, if you haven't had the privilege to watch The Guard, go watch The Guard. If you yes, haven't had the privilege yes, to go yes. watch Cavalry, go watch Cavalry. If you haven't watched in Bruges, go watch in Bruges. If you haven't watched seven or three billboards, go watch three billboards. If you want to watch Seven Psychopaths, do it. It's not the greatest movie, but you know no, it's there. No. It's it's there. I
0: I'd say as a as a sort of a triple bill for these for them too. in Bruges, The Guard and Banshees. Oh, it's just like that's your triple. If you want a triple bill of how fucking good these people are at making films of writing and directing them watch them three films mm. that's how fucking good they are yeah beautiful so they've got to win oscars now i've said this is my front runner and if it don't, if it don't win I, I don't think it'll win but i don't think it'll, I, want I don't, it don't to. think it'll win i want it I th- to
1: i think everywhere everything everywhere is locked in for at least two or three oscars
0: well, the Oscars are getting announced on Tuesday, uh, the nominations. A load of shortlisted stuff is out, and we're going to talk about it as much as the Academy do, to be honest. We'll we'll, we'll cover it when they get announced. Um, but look, let's just quickly go over. I, w- I want us to do our little uh, guest thing, and I'm going to email you these so you don't forget, because okay. I probably will. So we're going to do the the, the, big, the big ones. I'm going to read through what um, Entertainment Weekly are guessing the nominations are going to be. Okay. and we'll go we'll go from these because he's who can argue with entertainment weekly nobody best picture, best picture everything everywhere all at once the fablemans banshees tar top gun maverick babylon avatar shite glass onion uh glass onion i mean i don't don't
1: don't no. avatar if avatar is anywhere near that they need shot
0: no nah, i think that'll do a return of the king where that that the last one will get all of yeah. them yeah They'll, they'll give it the technical stuff, but no. Nah. Um, the Whale and women talking. I've heard a lot about the Fablemans. That might be an outside. I think Top Gun will be in there because of the money it's taken. Banshees should be winning it for me out of all them. I ain't seen Babylon yet, but it crashed at the box office. But blame fucking streaming for that. <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. So what you going there? I'm going to go with my heart on all these. I'm going to say
1: Banshees for that. Car is getting an awful big write-up everywhere. Um mm. I, I'm still, it's a toss-up between, for me, Everything Everywhere and Banshees.
0: Right, you can go for Everything Everywhere then, because I went for Banshees. That'll be, I'll go yeah, Everything spot. Everywhere,
1: yeah.
0: God, good choice. Uh, best director, Spielberg for The Fablemans. The advert for it says it's his masterpiece. Uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Scheinert? Shine, Shine hot. Um, Martin McDonough I can't do the Irish stuff but I can do German <laughs> Martin McDonough the Banshees of Inisherin, in Todd Field Tart, and James Cameron Everton um, I'm going to go I'm going to go the, well go on your, your pick first on
1: this one I'm going to go Marty excuse me I'm going to go McDonough McDonough I'm go- I am th- I think okay. I think that they will give a, uh, they will give him this
0: so Banshees for you uh, I'll go Spielberg for Fablemans I don't know why they usually give it to the same one but I'll go I think they want to get Spielberg there and give, getting him up on uh, on stage. Best actor: Colin Farrell, Banshees, Austin Butler for Elvis; Dan, Brendan Fraser for The Whale; Bill Nye for Living; Paul Mescal for After Sun. I
1: think it's gonna go Brendan Fraser.
0: It, there's a lot of yeah. I don't know though. I think that's so, listen, be one there's of those.
1: A, I think there's a lot of love for Brendan Fraser, and I have absolutely no issues uh, with Brendan Fraser. I'm gonna watch The Whale uh, before we do. The, the next, yeah, bo- we'll, the next we'll, podcast. We'll do, an, we'll do an Oscars one at some point and we'll talk mm.
0: about the winners or whatnot. I'm going to go Austin Butler for that. I think uh, The Love and Impersonation, do Oscar. The they Love do, don't they? Best Actress, Kate Blanchett for TAR, Michelle Yao, everything everywhere, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, Viola Davis for The Woman King, uh, Danielle Deadweiler for Till.
1: Michelle Yao.
0: Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm. I think I'll go Viola Davis there.
1: Really?
0: I thought you would go Kate Blanchet. Oh, you've got me thinking now. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves while I'm typing. <laughs> Yo!
1: <laughs> I've spelled Kate Blanchet wrong four times.
0: Supporting actor. Oh, should we just go KeeHoo Wub Kwan for that? No. Who are you going for then?
1: Barry Hume.
0: Really? Yeah. I think he's outside for that. I'm going Kihu Kwan because
1: what because of his heartfelt thing at the Golden Globes?
0: Well they won a Golden Globe. You, I think that's uh I think they've I given
1: think him he's... a they've given him a Golden Globe now. They go nah, I think
0: I th- no, they'll give him an Oscar. We an were Oscar.
1: racist towards you in the eighties. You've had a Golden Globe. See you later.
0: Can I just say about the um sorry, best supporting actress?
1: Angela Bassett,
0: uh, Jim uh, for Black Panther. Just stop kind of right forever. there.
1: Just just stop right there. Angela Bassett's
0: gonna win it. Yeah, it's Angela Bassett in two, yeah. Yeah. Let's all tune in for Angela Bassett winning an award. Uh, Kerry Condon for Banshees. No, she's an outside fight. Nope. It's
1: Angela Bassett. Angela here. Bassett's gonna win
0: it. Angela Bassett's gonna win that. There you go. I'll send you that. Um Kate Blanchett when she did her um what was it recently? The Critic's Choice Award or
1: something? Yes, Critic's was Choice, she...
0: yes. Did she say something along the lines of the fucking patriarchy of award ceremonies? Uh, while she was stood up there receiving her award
1: i didn't i didn't hear this
0: she basically she gave a speech and we might discuss it next week but if i can find it here critics choice award so she um won the acting award for women and she says it's a televised horse race um i should for have met
1: for for men and women
0: She has long been a champion of women in the film industry, this is from The Times, and she questioned the awards as a patriarchal pyramid, where someone stands up here. She pointed to the other nominees, Margot Robbie, Michelle Yao, Michelle Williams, Viola Davis, Danielle Dedeweiler, and said there was a whole raft of female performances there in concert and in dialogue with one another. She said that the televised televised horse racer of it all should stop because can I tell you, every single woman, whether television, film, advertising, tampon commercials, whatever, you're all out there doing amazing work. That is inspiring me continuously. Thank you all. I share this with you. So, So men don't? So men don't. The thing that annoys me is, now... Where do I go here? Open up, Paul. Open it up. She stood up there receiving the fucking award. Yep. If you if you hate the whole concept of them that much. Don't show up. Don't show up. Yeah. I share all this with you. Send a fucking Native American like Marlon yep. Brando did. Or non-Native American. As or we non-Native Native later. American, dressed up as a Native American. Do an Alfred Hitchcock and just walk up and go, thank you. Yeah. I've just deleted the. Thing there as well, bastard. I think, but you know I, what I mean. I,
1: I, just... I always, I always love. Um, I know people find him kind of naff, kind of sometimes nowadays, but I always love Ricky Gervais's Golden Globe. Uh, oh, when yeah, he, yeah, when yeah. he when he just told people, you know, thank your God. Don't be making no political statements and just move on because you'll sell your soul to anybody. So just fuck off, say thank you, and then move away. And it's just like that, you know. Not one of those people, not one of those people would put their necks on the line for anything. No. Nothing, no. not one thing, and and to come out with such a fucking weird statement, the patriarchy, the pit. Patri- to my knowledge, there is as equal amounts acting female awards as there is men awards. <laughs> there's not like Something an ex. Wrong. There's not like an extra male award, is there? <laughs> that I'm unsure of. Mm, no, no, it's
0: all equal. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what as well. Sorry, I'm... Uh, Here we go! Here if we I, go! <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I don't give a fuck. Let's go for it. The Brit Awards. <laughs> the Brit Awards. Uh, <laughs> the British... Uh, what's the equivalent in America? The Grammys? Nah, no, they're not as prestigious as their mother. Yeah. it's The like Brit a, Awards is like the MTV, MTV Music the MTV Awards, Awards, the Awards. MTV Awards. The MTV Music Awards. It's the British version of them. Now, last year, the, the everyone was really pissed off that... Uh, gender neutral people couldn't, like Sam Smith, he got nominated for best male. And he said, I'm, they said they were non-binary and shouldn't be male or female. So this year they've been all cool and hip and merged them together into album of the year, group of the year, song of the year, they're all normal. And now instead of male and female performer of the year, it is artist of the year. Mm -hmm. So we're really breaking ground now. Really, I mean it's fantastic work by Brit Awards,
1: don't you think? I can't wait, I can't wait for men just to win it and yeah, then women and I then just for, I just, and then for women I just, they go, hold on. Can I just can
0: I just the nominees were announced this week for Artist of the Year? <laughs> Would you like to hear them? Let's go. The Brit Awards 2023, Artist of the Year in the new gender neutral. Central C. Do you know who that is? No. That's a dude um fred again do you know, i've never heard of him but do you know who fred again is no <laughs> it's a dude <laughs> so we're in this gender neutral character so fred again's there now unless fred fred actually identifies as gender neutral then i'm sorry but whatever uh george ezra i've heard of him, heard of him. Yes. Yeah, heard oh. um harry styles and stormzy
1: now paul uh, paul hold on hold on paul <laughs> those are all. Those are all people with penises.
0: <laughs> that is absolutely right. They identify as people with a penis. I don't know. Maybe Fred again is. is watch somebody come in and go. Oh, Fred is actually gender neutral. He's hold on. Right, LGBTQ. spell it. Spe,
1: spell it for me. Fred. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fred. Again. again. These Fred, are ag- Fred. Again. You know, I learned
0: to spell these words when I was
1: like five. He's a record Fred. producer. Yeah. He's, so he's like fat boy slim.
0: Okay. Fred again. What's his preferred pronouns? Where's Where's the preferred pronouns on Wikipedia? What the fuck, Wikipedia? Hold on,
1: hit on. Wikipedia. Known professionally as Fred again, stylized as Fred again, or simply Fred, stylized as Fred. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? Central C. Is Central C gender neutral or is it non-binary or... I keep copying and pasting to the real fucking play. I don't know. Anyway, they're all fucking blocks. They're all fucking blocks. You've you've created your, your new category to appease women and everybody. And then you just go and nominate a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of guys.
1: But if they <laughs> it's, as long as long as as long as they uh say that they're non-binary, then surely that's okay. Uh
0: central C I don't know what the pronouns are. How are we supposed to know? If I can't Google it, how are you supposed to know when you come up to somebody? If I can't Google it, what, if I walk up to him and just go, but then again, he is a uh, British rapper from London. So I'm going to guess is he, him. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> it's, it's, from, it's from Shepherds Bush in London. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Central Sea.
1: He's a Chelsea fan. He's <laughs> a Chelsea fan. Is, is Chelsea fan? <laughs> Stay
0: off those tubes, lad. <laughs> imagine, imagine me going around Shepherd's Bush and walking up to somebody who describes herself as Central Sea, the rapper from a grime rap artist. Uh, hi, what are your pronouns? What, are you, what do you like to be? What are your pronouns? What do you mean, bruv? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got a knife. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I'm going to call an ambulance. Uh, okay. Oh, so yeah. What I thought, is, I is this claret?
1: What is this claret coming from me? <laughs>
0: um best international artist All right, Beyonce Grande. Beyonce Burner boy Kendrick Lamar Lizzo Taylor Swift so they've got Taylor most Stress. of the females in it's Taylor gonna be Tay Tay it's gonna be Tay Tay anyway I not, don't give a shit about the Brit Awards fuck that fuck the Brit Awards um right okay so next week we are going to be doing in celebration of the WWE Royal Rumble um because I like half naked men play fighting with each other uh we are going to be talking a menu of actors in wrestling actors in movies that's wrestling signs i'm making Uh, um
1: i have just realized
0: as well we haven't got dave batista in there and he's not a bad actor is he
1: listen there are piles piles of ones we missed out i think we've just chosen the ones that we just think are funny
0: Yes, that's exactly what we did. So we are going to be talking some films to do with wrestling. We didn't actually include The Wrestler,
1: which is probably the best wrestling film there is. Mickey Rourke isn't a wrestler, but you do get to see Marissa Tamae's titties. (laughs) Her bazookas. (laughs) Her titties.
0: Mickey Rourke smells round her threepenny bit. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see the Matt Berry thing narrating the kangaroos. Yeah. (laughs) Come over
1: here, you jumper. Have you heard Matt Berry narrates Prince Harry's book? Yes. <laughs> I put the cream on my Todger.
0: <laughs> um, so anyway, look, um, wonderful Irish film, beautiful, unbelievable. Uh I just I I it's it's up there, it's definitely in my top ten. Would I say it's better than in Bruges? Uh, mm, borderline. Mm. Borderline,
1: let's let's not rate them, let's just put them together,
0: let's just enjoy them, let's just oh, yeah. enjoy them. So, wrestling films next week, Oscar nominees, we're going to be discussing next week. Um, I'm probably going to be drunk again, I'm going to go and buy a car. What
1: are you going to do? I'm going to play some chess and I'm probably going to drink another bottle of wine, Paul.
0: Um, so plays out, um, McDonald didn't actually use any traditional Irish music, he said to his composer that he didn't want that traditional Irish stick, you know, for the songs used. I thought it worked perfectly well. So he is, um, I don't actually know the name. It's a piece of comp- uh, composition, Irish folk music. I know, music. I know the name. It's um, Pretty
1: Little Girl from Umma. No, no, no. County of Tyrone no, by Daniel O'Donnell. No, no, I told you I'm not Goodbye, going to. Goodbye, everybody. No, <laughs> I'm not going Goodbye, to. Goodbye, everybody.
0: No. I'm not going to. I'm not going all that. I just want to I just want to appreciate some of the music from the film set to the words of Seamus Heaney goodbye oh, everybody
1: shimmy shimmy boy Bogland is a Bogland tell me ma when I go home the boys won't leave the girls alone they pull my hair they stole my comb well that's alright till I go home she is handsome she is pretty she
0: is the belle of Belfast city she is a coaching one
1: two three pray won't you tell I, me I, how I am. tell me ma when With I went the rover night will be now and I go home the boys won't say